Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Love that sound. This is a good one. Welcome everybody to the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast. I am Dale Luganbill. Thank you very much for joining me this week's weekend recap and rant. Holy smokes. That was fun. <laughs> Well, everybody in Minnesota was taken to the woods and the Orange Army ascended upon the upper Midwest states into the woods and fields chasing Bambi. Uh, I and my cohorts headed west. Go west, young man. We went to uh, North Dakota in, uh, in search of the White Devil. Went out there uh, for snow geese. I mean, ho- I mean, honestly, we're hoping for a mixed bag. That's usually, you know, at least for me, what I would like. Um, but as usual, didn't know what to expect. You know, people always ask us, like, oh, you hunt North Dakota, where do you go? I, I don't know, like, where the birds are, I guess. I mean, we have, like, st- kind of loose starting areas when we head out there to, to scout, but we don't have like a hard line destination. We're definitely not one of these groups that like stake out the same slough every single year and the birds are either there or they're not. Like that's, well, I think that's dumb for one. Because, <laughs> I mean, things change. Season change. I mean, this year it was really dry out there. Um, I mean, there is water. You know all that nonsense you heard people like there's no water in north dakota this year there's like no water uh there's water there's there's always some water out there there's bigger bodies of water that are not going to 
um, dry up. I mean, it's is there as much water? No, no. Some of, and there may be some totally dry sloughs out there. That would be um, completely believable. And uh, I think I saw a few of those. You know, the, the ones that were on a, on a wet year are just barely wet. You know, yeah, those are going to dry up. But your bigger bodies of water, they're they're always going to have water in. It. Like that's just it's just an absurd thing to say. Plus, they have had some. Uh, the Dakotas have had some rain recently out there, and there was even like some a little bit of sheet water in a couple fields here, there scattered about. So there's water out there. Don't let that don't let any of that talk scare you off of going out there. Um, getting late in the season, however, and that's the other thing. It's like we, we never we don't pick the same time generally to go out there um, when we go. So we didn't go last year, and. Uh, Two years ago, we went. We went quite a bit earlier, at least a couple weeks, and we were looking at kind of like that third or, or last weekend of of October. But the full moon um, kind of scared us off. This is going back. I don't even know how many more years beyond that. But we had been out there during a full moon, and that had kind of messed everything up with probably some nighttime migrations mixed with feeding at night, you know, so it was just, we'd find birds, we'd set up, and then they just, they wouldn't show up, or they would just hang out on water all day, and um, whether true or not, we definitely had blamed the full moon, which I do think there is definitely truth to that, Um, so for future events, future trips, we just said, let's, let's just avoid the full moon, and then we won't have to worry about it, which is what we did, so that, between the full moon and everybody else's schedules, when they could do it, when they couldn't, um, we ended up settling on that uh, first week of November. So kind of late. It was kind of a risk because who knows, if we'd have had a a cold fall, early winter, whatever, things could have been locked up, and um, who knows what we would have found, if anything. So we're pretty sure we would have been able to find something no matter what. It just would have you know, been what and, kind of a what and where uh, type of event, but as it stands this year, it's pretty mild. Um, we weren't really worried about uh, much freezing, at least not hard, anyways. Um, so we we struck out. We we had we struck out, meaning we headed out. Um, headed out uh, Wednesday early morning. Is that when we went? Shoot, now I don't remember. When did we? No, we left Tuesday night. That's right. I was originally planning on leaving Wednesday morning, and then I was like, well, screw it. Let's just leave Tuesday night, drive through the night, get out there. We can sleep somewhere, and then uh, get up and scout the first light of the morning, which is so what we did. The two vehicles headed out there. Um, yeah, we met up at a, 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 a planned place. <laughs> I'm, I'm purposely being uh, vague. Not that it really matters to me. Uh, our hunt's over, but um, just in case other people are going out there or locals or whatever, I don't, I don't want to piss anybody off or put undue pressure on any area of the, the state. So if you're wondering why I'm being vague, that is why. So anyways, so we, we pick a, a place to meet and uh, we sleep, in air quotes, for like four hours because I didn't sleep in a truck. You know, I can't even lay the seat back because the backs packed full of gear and everything else so it's yeah I, I didn't to say I slept would be a a gross overstatement we rested anyways 
um, they got up and uh, started driving, and we kind of thought that from there, our, our, our rough estimate of where we were going to start was probably an hour or better from where we had pulled over to, to rest. And um, it only took like 30 minutes before we started seeing birds. And uh, we're not seeing a lot of darks and not seeing a lot of... I mean, we primarily were looking for snow geese. And then, you know, everything likes a white spread is kind of the old saying, and uh, which is normally true. So if there was some dark geese out there or some holdover specks or ducks or whatever, you would think you would just find those two. It's not always the case, but a lot of times it is. And so we it didn't take long, and like it, it just started getting light. And uh, Mike and I were in one truck, and then Joel, Austin, and Clinky were in the the other vehicle. We I mean, he hadn't been on the road long. Like it just started getting light, and uh, we found this roost that was absolutely shit stacked. And um, we were gonna keep going because it was just so early. But I'm like, you know what? Let's just let's just stake out on here and see where these go and fall and follow them to a feed. Because I mean, it doesn't really make sense to me to leave birds to find birds we know there's a there's, this is a giant roost right here um 50 grand at least um there's no reason to go anywhere else so mike and i said well we're gonna stake out this we found out there's a nice kind of shoot off the main road big hill went up there and uh just turned around and pointed at the at the slough and sat there and watched the morning unfold and uh, see where they they went and then uh the other group continued on i mean they had, obviously they took the same path and they saw this roost as well um so they went and off of search of something else and uh so as the birds started to leave didn't notice there were some darks around and actually a fair amount of ducks on this particular slough um then when the when the roast was mostly empty then we took off and then went to go look for the feeds and man these birds were so chill like it was crazy how not concerned with vehicles they were like we pulled up this field that was absolutely stacked and we're at basically a four-way stop and across the road is leading edge of the feed and they're in the i mean they're literally filling this entire field section it's unreal and one side of it's posted, the other side is not posted. None of it was electronic. No, I take the back. Some of it was even electronically posted, which is a new thing uh, for North Dakota. Um, so if you don't have Onyx, you definitely should get Onyx if you're going out there because they do have the layer. You have to kind of search for it. It took us a while to find it. Um, I'd walk you through the steps, but I don't really remember what they are. So um, you just have to stumble your way through the app and figure out how to turn those layers on like like we did you have to add a layer or go into your i don't know you'll figure it out you're, you're probably way better at it than i am an old old dude and technology um but yeah there's so we're watching this big giant feed and these birds are like 30 40 yards off if that off our truck and they just don't care i mean generally in the past when you they'll get kind of nervous if you slow down and then if you stop they just take off I mean, that's what snow geese usually do, or any geese for that matter. They used to get in jump shot or, you know, road hunting or whatever. But these things were so chill. And so we were thinking about trying to get on this feed. 
another truck comes up and uh, we're talking to them and, and they're planning on hunting it. And they said they had got permission from the farmer, which is probably true. It was kind of weird because this one big field section in that section was kind of broke up into four quadrants and same landowner, but only two quadrants were electronically posted and the other two, which are like kitty corner from it. So think of like a chessboard kind of, you know, four spaces on a chessboard or checkerboard. Two were electronically posted kitty corner and two weren't kitty corner. So it was really kind of weird. And then the other big field was posted and they're, they're in there spraying fertilizer so we went down this road we're like well let's go try to get permission on the fully posted one um, then we know we're safe um, was able to do that went down that road saw another truck kind of posted up there and just kind of decided ah, you know what too many people in this area let's just let's there was other feeds that were developing around the area so let's go check those out so we did that we're circling the county kind of found another big giant wad of them which actually looked even better because there was a big pond in the middle and as far as picking up some bonus ducks and stuff that would have been great um first it looked like it wasn't po- well again it was one of these big fields half it was posted half it wasn't posted and then we saw um a decoy spread in that field and again, I can't believe how chill these birds are. There's a decoy spread, and they've given this spread. Obviously, they've been shot at in the morning. I And I say that only because there's like a, I don't know, um, 100, 150-yard buffer between all the feeding birds in the field and that and that decoy spread. Otherwise, the rest of the field is entirely shit-stacked. Uh to the point that when we went down that road and passed that decoy spread where, you know, you, you take all this effort, like where are we going to hide the trucks and the trailer and where should we put this? Well, <laughs> we drive past their truck and trailer and I'm not shitting you. There are geese feeding 15 yards off of that truck and trailer. Like they did not care one bit about that truck and trailer. It it was so bizarre. I'd never, I've never witnessed birds this chill um i kind of so obviously that section was out we kept driving around find out even a smaller feed actually attempted a, a quick little jump that didn't work out um and then uh in talking with the other truck they had found something better that wasn't as pressured uh, a lot of fish or a lot of fish a lot of birds and uh so we made a plan to head out, head out there and meet up with them. So we abandoned that area, even it had a shit ton of birds. But what they had was really good too. Um, we get there, meet up with them, and there's, it's a nice big cornfield, and it's uh, like real trashy cornfield. Like they cut, I don't know if they need to sharpen the blades on the combine or what, but <laughs> super tall stalks and just lots of trash. A hide was not going to be a problem. Uh, even though I think we, we laid out in whites that day, or we were planning on laying out in whites that day. And um, so, yeah, we just kind of camped out there the rest of the, the day and watched those birds. Um, it was kind of crazy. Like, it's so trashy and tall. Like, you'd see birds work it, and they'd put down in it, and they would just disappear in that corner. Like, you couldn't tell how many were in there until they would all get up. And it's like, yeah, that entire section was filled with birds. 30, 50,000, probably easy. 
So we, we continue on. We're going to continue on. We're like, that's this is where we're going to be. Um, then we line up a room in a nearby town and uh, start planning the hunt. So we get out there. And there's, you know, we try to get out there pretty early because there's other, there definitely were other um, groups roaming around. And that's just how it's probably always just going to be. And, uh, yeah, we get out there pretty early. And then our, our other buddy, Flotty, met us out there. And he just drove straight to the field, So which was kind of good um, to he could play some defense because um, he was going to get there really late uh, or early, however you want to look at that, in the middle of the night. Let's put it that way. And uh, so, yeah, we get there, set up, lay out in whites, and uh, proceeded to have a pretty dang good day. Like, you could tell they wanted to be in that field. Um, had some pretty decent spins. Um they flew out a little earlier than I had expected. I thought, because it was really cold, like there was actually some skim ice and stuff on some smaller ponds. And I was exhausted. So I I, uh, I went back because we we're hanging out at the um, trucks. And so everybody went out the blinds. I'm like, I'm just going to sit here. It's super cold. I didn't think they were going to fly like right away. And I'm just going to relax here and maybe catch a nap. <laughs> and uh, so I get a text. Oh, birds are flying. I'm like, oh, I thought I heard something. So whatever, I... I get out of the truck and start walking over, and, and sure enough, I, there's a few. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot. Like, the entire roost hadn't, like, left or anything. There were some stragglers. But uh, as I was getting closer to um, the spread, they were getting worked pretty good. So, you know, crouched down on the field, stayed still, even though I don't think it would have mattered. These Like, again, these birds are – I've never seen birds this chill before. It's unbelievable. I think actually walking around the spread at times may have helped. I don't know if it added movement or what, but it was it was wild. So anyways, I, I see them uh, shoot into a couple groups. Um, not super impressed with the shooting on the first couple volleys, if I'm being honest. Um, when that kind of... That that theme kind of kind of stuck a little bit through the week. Now that I think back on it, but uh, yeah. Anyways, so I get back, finally get back, get a little lull, and I I run to the chairs and get loaded up and ready. And of course, I'm getting the the usual as expected um, razzing for not being there when the birds were around. And then I razz back about the uh, better than stellar shooting, and uh, it was fun. <laughs> I mean, that's just a good time. This was gonna be. I mean, dumping birds. This this actually would have been a great field. You could have easily, like, if it was cold, I would have lobbied for layout blinds because, I mean, disappearing in this field would not have been hard at all. It was so trashy. Um, had it been colder, I definitely would have advocated for that just because layout blinds are so much warmer than just laying out on boards. But laying out on boards is, is easier. You literally just sit down and you're and you're good to go. It's crazy how well it works, actually. Um, but Clinky was brand new to the snow goose world. He had never done it, and he was feeling like super exposed, which I get because I remember the first time I laid out in whites. And yeah, f- from going from hawker hunting and being in layup lines and trying to make that thing just disappear, and you're just hyper aware of all your hide and all that. Like it, the first time you lay out in whites, you do. You just you, you feel like you are literally naked. Just. St- <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a bizarre feeling. So I understood. I I I, uh, I had empathy for him, but we had to keep reassuring him that don't worry, it's okay. I mean, and we were shooting birds, and when it was all said and done, we had um, 
shot 47, I think, was the number. I think. Sure, 47. Yes, it was 47. And so that was a pretty good start, if you ask me. Like, I, I was I'm, I'm pretty pretty happy with that. And we had a lot of good looks, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I got, I got a lot of spring days where you get nothing, or one or two. I mean, these fall birds and so many juvies. I mean, hardly any adults whatsoever, just young, dumb birds and, like, super babies. I mean, even the, like... We had killed a few Rossies that they generally don't start out as gray, or at least I thought, because when we get them in the spring, you know, some of them have like a touch of gray on them that Juby Ross Goose will have. These were almost as gray as the snows. Like, it was unbelievable. Just babies, babies. Um, Yeah, inexperienced. I love it. <laughs> they decoy awesome. And, uh, God, if you had a, if you could have legally ran an e-collar, I just can only imagine what it would have been like. But, anyways, we we're pretty happy with 47, and we pack up. And so, um, so North Dakota has that thing. We could have hunted till, um, dark, if we wanted to, because they have, it's the well, we could have stayed in that field. I meant, um, they have Wednesdays and Saturdays are the only two days of the week where you can hunt till goose hunt till sundown but on the days that you can't you can still duck hunt until sundown and so we did kind of um so we packed up that and they in their scouting they had found a big duck feed and so we went and set up real quick for that uh, just a small spread you know threw out just enough but basically ran a dark spread um with some spinners and put out just enough because it was a, a bean field and there was no place to hide really. So we're going to lay out in whites on that too. So we put out just enough, um, snow goose decoys to kind of hide us. What was the, was the theory. And I think it worked pretty good. The birds, we didn't get many birds. It definitely was not, we weren't able to get into the feed field. Um, the actual, we weren't able to get on the X per se. Um, we got next to the field next to it, which wasn't posted. And uh, But you can definitely tell. I mean, the birds wanted to be in that other field. But the spinners did do their thing. We had a pretty good group um, come over us and got to shoot into it. Uh, or some people got to shoot. What was I doing? I think when that thing was working, I was somewhere else. I don't remember. Or they worked the far right side of the field. They didn't have a shot. I don't remember what it was. No, I wasn't there. That's right. I was coming back in the truck. I went to get some food or something. I was hungry. Um, and I can't remember... As that day panned out, we didn't get that many birds. Shot a couple mallards and one pintail, I think. Um, so it wasn't anything too crazy. But you could see that giant feed setting up in the field that they actually wanted to be. The weirdest thing that day was we had all these slow-rolling trucks coming by. And I don't know if it was the the owner that we had asked because he was going to give us permission, but it said it like his nephew was hunting it or something or might be hunting it but he hadn't heard back from him, and so call us later, and then end, end up being a, yeah, the nephew's planning on hunting it or, or something to that effect, and that's why we went to the the unposted field. And so there was a truck that came in and was, like, watching the roost really, I should say really close to us. Well, he drove fairly close to us at one point in time in the field and then kind of went back behind us, and I guess he was just watching the roost, I guess. And then there just was all these other 
slow rolling trucks and trailers that would come by and they would stop and just watch us. I don't know if they thought like our spread was real birds or what. Because a few times we would just stand up and then they would slow roll out of there. I mean, you'd think you would see the spinners. Like that's kind of a dead giveaway if you're using binoculars. Another truck slow rolled, came all the way down this like field entrance to the property next to us where there's like an old home like farmstead they got right to the edge of that parked there for a while and then left but like i'm talking that like one mile an hour like so so slow it was so weird kept thinking we're gonna get talked to or maybe asked to leave or something like that and that that never happened but it's just kind of a weird night um so yeah we ended up getting a few birds there um nothing crazy but you know fun way to spend an evening and then uh headed back and we had, um, so we had scouted earlier in that day for, you know, what we were going to do the next day. This generally, you know, unless you're in a, a migration pattern where you're getting fresh birds every day, we're not going to hunt the same field. It just doesn't, it just never seems to work out. No matter how many birds are on that roost, they they seem to get wise to that pretty quick so we needed a different field for the next day and uh i'm trying to think of where we ended up oh yeah so we had found um the other, the other group had found a uh a nice wheat field that uh we had set up in that we we're going to set up in for that morning and uh it's amazing how different each day is i mean that like Weather-wise, it wasn't that different, but the birds, like, personality just changes so much day-to-day. It's it's very interesting to watch. And so, like, the, the previous morning where we had had, um, I feel like I'm missing a hunt here. No, I'm not. No, this is, this is the right, this is the right sequence, I'm pretty sure. Um, we weren't getting, like, the day before, we actually had some really good spins, um, you know, larger flocks to shoot into. And this particular day was not the case. Like, they were all, like, scattered out. So this wasn't the, the, the field we ended up hunting wasn't the main X. So we couldn't get on the main X. There was another group hunting it, I think. And so we were on, a like, a secondary X, more of a traffic field. Um, there was birds in it, but just not that many. Um, but it was close enough to the roost where, you know, we run some traffic. And that and that was definitely, you could see the birds getting off the roost, and they were flying overhead, and they weren't, you know, they had their destination. But we kept breaking off these little groups, and singles, doubles, triples, stuff like that. And for whatever reason that day, they were eating up the mouth call. And I was the only, well, there was another mouth call in the group, but... He didn't know how to run it, which I wish he would have just brought it anyways because, you know, Joel could have figured it out. And um, so anyways, I was like the only caller. And it was weird because that particular day there was, honestly, there was one note, one high-pitched note that they responded to. And, you know, if, if you think of it in, like, calling Canada geese, 
you get all these different notes and sequences and stuff you're trying to do. And basically, I just did the same, just high-pitched, it was like the only thing that got their attention. But without question, it was working. Like, I would hit this thing, and they would turn, and they would lock up, and it would just suck these singles and doubles in. And it was crazy. But sometimes they would work us for so long. I swear I was blowing that call for like five minutes straight, just taking every bit of, of air I had. And, and thank God I, had, I have singer's lungs because, man, I really had to just go. And it, it kind of became a, a, an ongoing, jo- uh, ongoing joke, like, oh, single on the right. And it's like, oh, here we go. Because if it was more than just single, you know, le- three or less, it worked. But anything more than that, the call didn't seem to do anything. Um I suppose because there was just so much more chatter from live birds. That one lone, you know, goose down there squawking wasn't enough to um, garner any attention or whatever. So that it, it didn't didn't seem to be doing any good. So I'd kind of lay off if there was a big flock. I, mean, I, I would still try it from time to time, but just didn't seem to elicit a response. And it was just steady action for, like, the entire morning. So the morning before... It was like clear and cool, and when it um, we had a lot of action early, but basically by nine thirty it was done. You know, we had saw a few birds. You know, we I think we stuck it out till like ten thirty, eleven o'clock or something like that. And we had seabirds, but they just weren't working, and um, they they got real, real, real quiet after that. So um, that's when we packed up. But this day we had kind of like some. It was like little clouds, you know, partly cloudy, sometimes almost overcast, and there'd be a few breaks. Um, but they were, it was a much more trickle out of the roost day than the day before. And, uh, and then coming back, we started getting, you know, as they would come back, we would peel off a couple small groups or singles, doubles, stuff like that. And we just hunted like the whole morning. And, you know, that was the day. So that would have been, what, Thursday? So we would have been able to hunt till uh, 2 o'clock, I believe it was. But it got to a certain stage, and we're like, all right, well, let's go. We need to go scout again for tomorrow. Let's go ahead and pack up. Um, there's still birds flying around, but, you know, it's getting few and far in between, and we need to figure out a plan for tomorrow. And so the boys went out scouting, and uh, Mike and I really wanted to shoot some ducks. So we had found... Um, well, I should say found. We kind of they pointed us in the right direction, a spot where they had found some ducks uh, the day before. Oh, and in their scouting, um, Austin was the only one that had a swan tag, and there were swans out there, and he was able to go in there and, and harvest his swan on day one. So that was pretty cool. So, anyways, we went back and checked that area out, and there wasn't that many ducks on it really. Um, so that must have changed from when they were there, because they said there was a bunch of ducks. There really wasn't that many ducks. Uh, shit tons of snow geese though like that and it was and it's public water it was a wma so crazy that it was holding that amount of birds but you can't shoot geese in the afternoon there on that day so i don't know if that had something to do with it or what but it was absolutely stacked with snows and you just assume there was ducks mixed in which we saw a few but again not not that many and quite a few swans so we kept circling that area, uh, drove around, tried to find some other stuff, and there just wasn't that many ducks in the area. So it was starting to get late, and uh, we headed back out and uh, decided, well, let's just set up here and see what happens. We threw out a dozen decoys, and I, I had very low expectations um, just because there wasn't much in the area. And, yeah, we never even 
Never even shouldered our weapons that night, but man, did we have did we have a show with these snow geese? Holy smokes! Just in there, tucked in the in the cattails, and these things are flying everywhere. And there was another group set up for ducks um, down the way, and uh, they fired a couple times. And every time they would fire, like the roar of the birds would stop, get real quiet, and then all of a sudden, boom, they'd all pick up. But they would put that right back down. It wasn't like they were scaring them away or anything like that. It was just. It was kind of crazy. So all sorts of incoming fresh birds to this roost and, and birds getting up and just doing their spin and putting back down was well worth the cost of admission. I mean, what a sight. And the sunset was beautiful. And I know it's so cliche, but with the sunset going down and, and the birds just flying all over the place, it was pretty badass. Made for some pretty cool pictures. Um, And so, yeah, that was that. And so they had found a field for us the next day. Um. Headed back, got set up that morning. Did we go drinking that night? I think we did. And that was like, man, I haven't been out, like, with the boys, you know, at the bar drinking, playing pool or whatever in so long that that was about as enjoyable as any part of the hunt for me. Like, I just <laughs> I just had a blast, man. I, I need to make it a point to do more of that in my life. God dang it, that's fun. Um, so yeah, we did that. Didn't stay out too crazy late, but uh, yeah, the next morning we, you know, we're a little tired. <laughs> but we had gone out. Um, I'm trying to think of how it went. So we hunted that field. Mm-hmm. It was cornfield, then wheat field. So we went and, uh, da, da, da. No, I think I've got my days mixed up. It was the first day we went for ducks. No, that's not not right. So the third day we didn't, that, yeah, after that third hunt, we didn't, uh. Oh, so in the wheat field. Let me go back to that. The wheat field, after it was all said and done, we had had 50 birds exactly, and one cackler um just and it was kind of fun because he came in and i had picked him out i saw him flying around and i was like oh cackler boom and shot him it was great and uh so yeah 50 we had 50 even that day with like i said with the one cackler and then we went scouting um ran off the one direction and as we as we were going um Going back into town and picking up on our hunt, because we were like, we could have stayed out in that wheat field all day, but because there was just that much traffic, but we knew we had to pack up and, you know, we needed to scout for the next day. It's like, I was, I would have actually been fine hunting that same field another day because it wasn't the next and it was clearly a traffic field and there's, we didn't burn those birds by any stretch of the imagination. So, uh, would have been would have been okay with that, but obviously we went and we wanted to try to find something better. And so they go off one direction, uh, we go off another direction, and uh, you know put on I don't know over a hundred miles cumulatively between the two groups. On our way back into town from the hunt, before we went out scouting, there is like this a shit ton of birds, um, real close to town, like less than a mile from the motel that we were staying at and i'm like what in the heck like they're all they're right here you know and we had talked about it and 
you know, it's like, ah, oh, it's very close tone. That's, we don't want that. Blah, 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 blah. Some's going to be, someone's on it or it's got to be posted or whatever. So we all go scouting. We come back. Nobody finds anything. You know, they're like, you got anything? I'm like, nope. We had something, but then somebody jumped it, um, which really they shouldn't, shouldn't have legally because it was, um, what was it, Friday? Friday night? Yeah. So that was still, you know, that wasn't the day you could hunt till dark kind of a thing. So whatever, I'm not the conservation officer. Um, not a big deal. So, uh, anyways, we head back and uh, we're like, well, let's get back in time to circle that to see if those birds are still in that close field and just see if it's posted or not. I guess because um, we hadn't had a plan yet. Our backup plan probably was to hunt the same traffic field. So we go there and look at it, make a couple rounds, and it's not posted. Birds are still in it. Um, we did see a couple other trucks eyeballing it. So the decision was made, like, well, let's try to hunt it. Um, we're going to have to get there early, though. So we had made a plan. The two of us were going to go out there at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning and just stake our claim, basically, um, start setting out some of the decoys. Because we had two separate spreads, Plotty spread and Austin spread. And so that's what we did. We went and started setting some decoys and then the other guys met us out there like an hour later five to finish the rest of the spread and we never had another truck pull up like there was never we did we did not need to get there that early it was crazy and so we get all set up and uh with plenty of time we had enough time to make breakfast so that part's really cool um mike made breakfast a few times that's not a bad way to start your day get the blackstone fired up and making bacon and eggs and uh, potatoes pretty dang good you yeah, haven't had some goose sausage yeah, it's good eats uh so anyways we had birds like a half hour before legal like it was already so bright just wanting to get in this field so bad so stinking bad you know and everybody was making their predictions the night before of like well how many think we'll shoot tomorrow and you know nobody really really wants to say and i had had a a feeling about this field that because it was so close to town and the birds were in it that I just, I had a feeling we were going to do pretty good, but I didn't want to say it out loud. I didn't want to jinx it, even though I'm not, I say I'm not a superstitious person, but <laughs> here I am not wanting to jinx it. Uh, so I'm like, oh, we'll shoot three birds. You know, I just, I, I kind of thought maybe there'd be another group would come out or I, I don't know. It's just too close to town to be, to, to go off without a hitch. And those trucks didn't show up, and these birds. Once, once the birds like started to show up half hour before legal, and they just like really wanted to be in that field. I was, I was thinking to myself, this could be, this could be one for the books. Like this could get greasy. <laughs> and so, what's kind of crazy is that like right up to legal, we had birds working us. Like, so I'm not working us. Like they're. You can almost catch them with the landing net. It's ridiculous. The minute, like, legal ticks around, it gets, like, quiet. You're like, you got to be shitting me. <laughs> it's just unreal. Uh, that didn't last very long, though. It was, like, five minutes, and we had some more birds working us. And, yeah, they wanted to be in that field real bad. Uh, we had some really, really good spins, and we'd started to get pretty greedy because we had shot 47 the day before then 50 and so like we already have you know it's in my in my opinion 
the trip's already a success. Like, if we don't shoot another bird the rest of the trip, like, I'm going to be ha- – like, it's been a success. You know, what? I, obviously, I still want to shoot birds, but it's, like, I'm feeling pretty good about how things have gone already in, in snow goose terms. And so um, we, like, we, we had some legit spins starting to set up, like, like real tight, like good rain-out ones, like tightly packed birds. And so we weren't calling certain shots, you know, that normally you would never pass up. In the spring, you wouldn't dream of passing up a shot that you know you get a a, a five pack at uh, fifty yards. You know, in the spring, you're you're letting every shell you have in your gun rock at that. You know, like there's no way you're. you're in fact, we, when we would get a couple singles or doubles where there wasn't anything working that were kind of further out there, we would say, "Should we spring those?" <laughs> like basically just like let's let's try it um because that's what you do in the spring i mean it's just a lot tougher they've been hunted all winter long you know they just it, these are a different animal um def like i have i've noticed that more this year than in any other year prior like how reckless and just unpressured these birds are and um so yeah that was kind of funny but we got some really good spins and started getting some like mini rainouts. It was a ton of fun. Uh, like they just kept coming. Uh, it was, it was amazing. And I and so I tried calling, and calls, in my opinion, didn't seem to have any effect on them whatsoever. So I eventually I just gave up. I think there were just too many birds around. Um, there was some discussion. Some um, some of the guys thought it was set help centering up the birds. I I didn't really notice that personally, but. Maybe they're right. I, I don't. I don't know. To, to me, it didn't seem like much was happening. The weird part was is that it seemed like gunshots. I swear to God, it seemed like gunshots attracted them because we'd have a small flock or something. There'd be a bunch of birds out high or up on the outskirts, and then we'd get a small group to come in, or maybe a single double or a triple, something like that. And then we would decide, well, we better just take these and we would shoot. The other birds then would like turn around, and I don't know if it was the falling birds or what. All of a sudden, they would turn and they would lock up, and it was just like that all freaking morning long. It, oh my god, it was so amazing. I have dreamed of a day like this. And then, of course, you got to have some gun issues, right? So Joel's gun was like not working. He basically had a single shot, so he was getting really pissed off. Um, he actually went back to the truck and like took it apart and was trying to clean it and stuff like that. And then my gun was acting up too. There was quite a few volleys where mine was only a single shot. It wasn't, um, and I've had issues with that, with that Vinci. You know, it was kind of cooler that morning. It just doesn't do well in the cold. If anybody out there has any um, hot tips for me, any any other Vinci users out there, um, get a hold of me let me know because I'm, I'm getting real close to selling this gun. Uh, I love it for every other reason. Like, it fits me so well. Um, it's the reason I bought it. I mean, I, I shoot really well with it. Um, it's light. There's hardly any recoil. I love all of that. Breaks down easy. I can clean the field. Piece of cake. I mean, literally, that thing comes apart in like 30 seconds. No problem. It's it's. I love so many things about that gun, except for when it's cold, it doesn't want to cycle shells. And when you're waterfalling, that's a problem. <laughs> so, yeah, anybody's got any hot tips for me, uh, let me know. So, anyways... We just were like, can you imagine if we like 
the amount of birds that we're shooting would be exponentially more if had full on, you know, had had all the shells where all the guns would have been working, you know. Uh, it was kind of crazy. But when the dust finally settled, you know, and we, I mean, we didn't have time to go pick up birds because um, we were just covered in birds the entire morning. There was one point in time Joel's actually like, well, we better get up and, and get some of these birds. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? Look around. Like, we have birds setting up on us already. Like, this is not the time to be away from your – or to not in your chair. Like, this is – this is uh, absurd. Um, oh, one thing I did want to say. We're hunting that um, wheat field. Our hide was gangster. Like, we had – we used um, – layout blinds for that hunt and there was like a bunch of that there was like a patch of uh tumbleweeds and we just like brushed in with that stuff oh my god like that's the blind material right there like we our seven blinds or eight ball whatever we had like absolutely disappeared oh dude that hide was so gangster so anyways back to this hunt <laughs> um i sorry i just forgot that little tidbit and so, yeah, we're like, well, how many think we have? You think, well, we got to be upwards of 50. I'm like, dude, we got it. There's, I think we're over 100. Joel's like, no. I'm like, yes, think about it, dude. We've been hunting all morning long. Like, 100 is only 10 times we shot 10 birds. I'm like, for sure, we've done that. And, you know, there, I mean, there wasn't like we had shot, like, I don't know that we had an actual 10 bird rain out. But just going off of how many times we pulled the trigger and what fell, you know, two here, three there, you know, four there, maybe a five, maybe a single, maybe a double, you know, blah, blah, blah. But you're just, like, adding all the action in your head. I'm like, we've definitely had ten birds ten times. He's like, think so? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. So everybody kind of had their guesses. And then so we got the, the wheeler out, and Flotty brought his dog, and so they were kind of running the parameter and picking up some, you know, ones that had sailed and run. A couple times we had to get up, you know, we had some runners and, had to go chase them down and um all said and done i think when we when we count them brought them all back oh man i'm gonna forget now i have to look at i have to go back and look at my text messages but we were we were definitely over um a (laughs) hundred i mean it wasn't like a lot over a hundred but um yeah it was it was pretty good. I'm gonna try to find it here. Um, just hang with me. Gotta gotta find the group group texts here. Scroll back. Oh man, now I have to go look at these um, pictures. Oh, that's just beautiful, beautiful. There's a hundred there. 114, I believe, was the uh, final tally. That was pretty dang awesome, and I hadn't had. A, I've never had a hundred per day. I'll be honest with you. Like I, I've had a lot of days that, and some of those days early on when it was just two or three of us would definitely have been hundred per days with enough shooters. You know, we had the action. We just didn't have enough shooters, but hadn't yet had a hundred per day. So I finally cracked that century mark, and uh, man, did it ever feel good. But again, going back to like how many more would we've had if, if I wasn't, you know, my gun was cycling correctly. If Joel's gun would have been working right. Like, you know, you can always play the what if game, but, um, not that I was complaining. I was not complaining even a little bit. And so 
we had made a decision like, okay, we better start picking up because, again, we need to find a field for tomorrow. And it uh, would have been our last day. And we kind of thought, well, let's go find a, um, you know, kind of head back towards home, maybe find a, a quick, easy duck hunt or something in the morning. You know, we'll we'll, we'll see what we, we find. And so we needed to go and start cleaning birds is what we needed to do. Uh, so we, we headed back and uh, started cleaning the birds. We were running out of ammo, like legitimately barring ammo from other people in the field. Like <laughs> nobody has ammo, by the way. Um, bad time to run out of ammo. Well, I thought I had enough. I thought I had almost a full case of um, experts. And then when I went and grabbed them, turns out they were uh, 20 gauge. I don't even remember buying a case of 20 gauge. But whatever, I had it. Like, well, this isn't this isn't gonna help us. So I definitely was um, didn't have enough ammo. Thought I did, but didn't. So that was kind of yeah, I would say poor planning, but it's just like pay attention to detail. Um, anyway, so Flotty tears off and he uh, talks the the shields in um, Minot. I'll give you kind of a hint as to what part of the. But we weren't close to Minot, by the way. It was a long drive. Um, where we were at, but so he he made a run and he went and bought a, a bunch of a bunch of ammo there, and they're all loose. They weren't even in cases. It was it was nuts. Got back, you know, everybody put their order in with them. You know, he called us like, yeah, they got ammo, blah blah blah. And uh, so while he was doing that, we were cleaning birds, and uh, the old Mister Green Jeans comes in and pays us a visit while we're out there cleaning birds. So at the motel we're staying at, they have like a bird cleaning station, which is very convenient, by the way. That that part was awesome. But, you know, we had a little assembly line going, um, clipping wings and, you know, all that and bagging birds. We had like two two birds in one bag kind of a thing with wing attached. And we had cleaned some birds the other day. And, we you know, same thing. We had them labeled. Um, not quite like entirely the way you were supposed to do it, but we made an effort. You know, we put our name and address on it. We don't think we wrote our license number down or anything like that. And then just, like, wrote on each bag, or in, like, one big tag for the cooler. Each person had their own, like, individual styrofoam cooler. We did not plan this out very well. You can tell that we did not, (laughs) that we were more pessimistic about things because we didn't really bring coolers for dead birds to bring home. We had coolers for all our food and beer but we didn't have coolers for dead birds (laughs) so we had to go to the grocery store and buy these cheap styrofoam coolers so anyways they worked out pretty good they're like little personal size and uh, we were able to split up the birds and package them and that way we could just like label the whole uh cooler and how many birds are in the cooler so again i don't think it was they weren't properly labeled but we made a pretty decent tent so anyways the ceo comes out and he's you know it looks like he got some had some luck today, and we're like, yeah, you know, he was he was pretty cool. He was very professional. Um, he wasn't like overly conversational or anything like that, but he wasn't rude by any stretch of the imagination. And he's like, uh, how many did you guys get? And we told him, and and he's like, are they uh, did you get any? How long have we been out here? You know, we told him. He's like, have anything else? I'm like, yeah, we shot X amount yesterday and the day before, and this many ducks and this many geese and one swan. He wanted to go look at the swan. Uh, so Austin showed him the swan. He had the tag on it, filled out, all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, he's just like, everything uh, processed, bagged the same way with a wing on it? Yep. All right. And then that was pretty much it. Checked our licenses, and uh, away it went. And thank God, like, I didn't, uh, I forgot to grab my 
federal stamp from you know just minnesota hunting like i didn't have it so i just i'm like and joel the same way we just we made the decision to just buy another one it's like well better safe than sorry it's what is it 28 bucks whatever it is pretty cheap insurance just in case um but yeah good just a hot tip if you're out there if you if you guys are not um tagging your birds and leaving the wing attached you're playing with fire this is the second time we've been checked out there now um and thankfully you know and i'll be honest i haven't always done that you know you just out of you want to conserve space or laziness or whatever you just breast them out and blah 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 blah. but um thankfully the times that we have been checked we were doing things we were on the up and up and so i mean i'll you just you, you got to do it you're you're definitely playing with fire and uh the ticket is not fun um nobody wants to pay a couple hundred bucks or whatever it is for not having your birds properly tagged or and they'll i think they usually take them too you know if you don't have the wing attached um they're taking them because they don't know if they're snow geese or specks or honkers or whatever they are so yeah so anyways we had everything properly tagged the guy was super cool and he took off but in that the way the reason that field was so good and we had started talking so that we had some locals pop out and say hi and they think they were no, i don't think so we know that because they said where they were at but it was a house right there next to the field funny part was there was like yeah we were going to post that last night and then we just didn't like it's not their field so <laughs> that's just apparently that's just the thing locals do they'll just post it i mean nobody else is going to question if there's if there's a if there's a posted sign everybody else is just going to keep rolling you know they're not gonna whatever so a pretty pretty good way for locals to uh, lock up <laughs> lock up a not non-posted field um but they were pretty cool we we're like wow you should have just came out we would have let you help with us which we totally would have it was only two of them wouldn't have been a big deal and there was another um house there she the lady was walking her dog and we had talked to her she came out talked to us we're like oh we're getting yelled at but it wasn't that she was very nice she actually some she said somebody jump shot this field the night before and they had there was a um, a cripple in her yard or in her pond or whatever, so she had asked us to go get that. And so Fly took dog over there and got and got that one for her. Um, but that's crazy, like how much these birds still wanted to be in this field even after being jumped the night before. Although I think they jumped them pretty late, and because uh, like when we made the decision we're coming back in town, there was already a bunch of birds that had left and flown back to the roost, um, and there was a couple different roosts. Like they were flying in all different directions, but. These things act like town birds, man. And and so then, you know, at the bar and talking to the guy at the motel and just, like, all the locals were like, oh, man, those birds have been there for, like, three days. We had heard, like, three days. We had heard a week. We Whatever. They had been there for a long time. And you could definitely tell by the, their attitude, by the way they were working, that they were pretty damn comfortable in that field. And uh, it worked out amazing. That was so much stinking fun. And so, yeah, we got all those cleaned up, um, headed the bar again that night, because why not? Super fun. I had, I had so much time just being out. And there was a band there Saturday night. We never even did listen to the band. Like We we had gotten there kind of early, and we had left really. It was like, I think we left the bar like 9.30 before. They, it must have started at 10 or something, because left where they started. But there's a tour bus. I'm like, what? In this little town, there's an actual tour bus? It was a... Um, hell's their name dave worley band i think so minnesota band i recognize the name i think i've actually even seen them play pretty good um so that's kind of crazy that they went that far out but whatever um 
do what you got to do as a, as a musician, I I guess. Um, but yeah, and then somebody was playing pool that night. So we were just hanging out and drinking and whatever. So, uh, we'd gotten, you know, the booze is starting to take its toll on us and we were getting pretty tired. So we, we checked out, headed back to the, headed back to the room. Um, so the next day we also went out and went, like was scouting that, um, that afternoon while we were cleaning. Was, was that what he was doing that while we were cleaning birds? Must have been the case. God damn, I don't remember how it panned out. But yes, a couple people went um, scouting while we were cleaning birds, and uh, they had found uh, a really another really big feed. And uh, this time, he's like, "It's even bigger than it was. This is the biggest one we've seen the whole trip." And we're just like, "Oh my god, we don't even have space for another hundred birds if that happens. Like, this is gonna be crazy." But I'm like, "Out here, I'm gonna take advantage. I'm not gonna not do it." Like. Uh, I haven't had this is the first time I've had a situation like this, birds decoying this good. Like I am not squandering this opportunity. I am take we'll we'll figure out where to put the birds later. <laughs> so uh we make our plans, we go and set up out there and there's other groups around. Um so again we get there pretty early and uh we set up in this field. We're just uh laying out in whites again. And uh there's a group that obviously is set up way closer to the roost and probably too close to the roost. We couldn't really see them, but we could hear them. They, and they shot a good seven minutes early because, again, we had birds working the spread um, in that pre-dawn light and uh, th- th- could have smashed quite a few of them. Um, and that was one, again, right at where, like, we had a, a single, like, working us. And we're just looking. I got my phone in my hand. I'm like, we're not legal yet. We're not legal yet. Okay, we're legal. Shoot that bird. <laughs> it's crazy. But the other group shot super early, and you heard a bunch of the birds get up off the roost. And you're like, oh, God. What did At first, we thought maybe somebody jumped the roost. So we're kind of all salty about that. Um, but you can hear them kind of get back down and, you know, get some spinoffs of that. And uh, we had we had a lot of birds in the area for sure. But you would you would keep hearing them shoot, and every time they would shoot, you'd hear more birds get up off the roost. You're like, God, they're way too close. And uh, after the after the fact, um, they were able to see where they were, and yeah, they're like, dude, these things they're like 100 yards off the roost or 200 yards tops off the roost, like way too close. But maybe that was their only option. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm gonna try not to fault them. Who who knows uh, what their situation was, but. Um, anyways, we had, we were, we didn't have anything too crazy that day. Like you know, we were getting some good, some good looks. We we're getting some really good looks actually. And a couple times had some decent spins and we had sailed some cripples. And so a couple guys went to go clean those up. And just as timing would have it, like we, you know, two guys are out of the spread or two, three guys, whatever. And we had this really good spin setting up and it was about to get really good. And then somebody shot at those cripples or I think it was actually at some ducks that were way out of range, Michael. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, they heard that shooting and then that peeled them off. We're just like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. That was about to get really greasy. Um, but didn't, uh, I wasn't going to get too salty about it just cause we obviously we have birds on the ground. We have a shit ton of birds. It's been a good week. And, uh, when the smoke finally cleared there, we had shot another 47 and a bonus mallard. So a uh, pretty dang good day. 
and we knew we were only going to hunt. We could have kept hunting for sure. We had birds working us the whole time, but we we picked up right around 930 because we wanted to get, we didn't want to get home super duper late. Uh, so that was kind of the plan anyways. And uh, yeah, so it was all in all, I would say a very, very successful hunt. <laughs> uh, two days or four days, 257 birds, I think the total was. Not counting the ducks. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty damn epic. And then looking at the weather forecast, if anybody has the free time and the ability, I would head out there probably today because it's supposed to snow there, I think, Wednesday into Thursday. And as reckless and crazy as those juvies were this past weekend, they're going to get a super stupid in that weather. And plus they'll probably move them out, probably new be bringing new panicked birds in from Canada. Uh, yeah, later this week could be lights out up there. So if you have the ability, I would definitely jump on it, pack your shit, and uh, head out there because it's going to get really good. So that's uh, there is my recap. Um, it was a long one, I know, but there was a lot going on, man. Uh, God dang it, that was fun. I got to say, without naming this town that we were at, I really dig this little town. Uh, really cool people. Um, you, you know, from you get a lot of bad press, you know, blue platers and this thing, you know, they call us, and, and some people don't really like the out-of-towners and, and whatever else. But this town, this community was super welcoming, really friendly, um, to the point like we were going to close out our tab the night before, and the bartender's like, well, you guys are going to be – you can just close it out tomorrow. You guys are going to be back, right? And we're like, actually, no. And it's, it's like they're – already like befriended us enough to trust us with not with not paying our tab basically we're like no we'll 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 pay the tab <laughs> it's like it's ridiculous but and and as many times i've been there still blown away like how cheap it is to eat and drink there it's just unreal that this it's been a hundred dollar tab anywhere else and there it's like 28 bucks <laughs> it's just like what that's it's crazy um but really enjoyed that community and for as much as I said that we don't go to the same area, you know, we go to hunt, but I sure could be, I could be talked into kind of making that at least home base, you know, and working an hour in either direction as far as where I would be willing to drive an hour every morning to hunt somewhere and just making that small town home base just for how welcoming and friendly it was. Like it, it was awesome. I really enjoyed my time there. Um, it reminded me a lot of spring when we are in Lake Preston. And I'll, I'll say that area because that's where we're at in the spring. It's not a, a secret. Um, but, you know, like the, the owners there, the New Horizon Bar in Lake Preston, they're, it's it's like family. It's like going home every time you go there every spring. Um, it's super cool. So there's a lot of that same kind of feeling to this small town that we were in. Just dug it, man. It was it was really awesome. Really, really good trip. I needed that in my life uh, big time for a multitude of reasons. Um, but, yeah. I mean, you know, there were some dust-ups within the group. You know, a little, you know, tempers flare. But, you know, not setting the decoys up right or this. You know, you're always going to have some of that. Uh, but it wasn't enough to ruin the trip. Thank goodness. I do think we could do better as a, as a group. Got to remember we're all friends here. <laughs> and so I just think we're going to. We'll have to do a little bit better communicating next year. Uh, won't be a problem. It wasn't really a problem. Like it wasn't a trip-ending problem. Let's put it that way. Um, overall, uh, really successful trip. Really fun. 
I got a lot of birds, a lot of meat. I'm going to have some, uh, I'm bringing it to a processor. I'm going to have some, uh, I had venison bacon made up and venison dogs made up for my deer last year. I think I'm going to do that with goose. I don't see why they wouldn't do it. So I'll have some goose bacon and some goose dogs made up or something like that. So looking forward to that and do take care of that later this week. But yeah, there's the recap. Um, for my rant, I really don't have a ton because I'm just in a really good mood, but we had the Minnesota deer opener and uh, just going through social media, I've seen a lot of deer killed, a lot of different sizes of deer from spikes and little basket sixes to giants to does to everything else. And for the most part, I got to give some credit to the Minnesota hunters. I haven't seen a lot of infighting about, you know, haven't seen a lot of bashing or guilting or shaming of of shooting small bucks. Um, maybe it'll maybe it'll rear its ugly head here, but I do have to put the bow hunters on blast a little bit because there was a lot of it I felt this year during the bow season, and you know I do feel like some bow hunters kind of have that elitist mentality, and I'm a bow hunter. I mean I don't I don't even rifle hunt like. I'll probably hunt later this week during the gun season, but I'm still going to use my bow. Like I just have no interest in using a, a gun. I, I don't. I don't know why. I just. I just don't. Um, I enjoy bow hunting. Um, but with that said, I'm definitely not an elitist. Um, but I think you know you kind of get that dry fly trout angler kind of ilk can kind of bleed its way into the bow hunting community a little bit. That same kind of personality trait. Um, a little bit of that there because early on there was a lot of, uh, people whining about shooting smaller deer and stuff like that. But I think it was the loudest when, uh, Minnesota had a youth season. I know a lot of states have a youth uh, season, but it's like a youth gun season. And it was a, was it a week before or two weeks before a oh, regular firearm opener. I'm not, I'm not quite sure what it was, but boy, did a lot of people have problems with that they're shooting all of our deer before we get a chance at, oh, you're, they're your deer now? They're, they're yours? And uh, it's getting youth involved and retaining youth, and you definitely shouldn't be shaming kids for shooting a four-corner or whatever because as they're shaking out of excitement, that that kid's hooked for life. You have a hunter for the rest of your life. You have a licensed buyer, a equipment buyer who's paying taxes. Um <sighs> We, I've said it time and time again on this show. We just do not have the luxury of losing any hunters. We do not have the luxury of infighting. Too many attacks from the outside in. We we can't be fighting from the inside out. We just we can't we can't we can't afford to do it. And don't think it won't happen. You know these certain hunts get shut down in these states like California, and uh, there's no reason it couldn't happen here if we're not careful. So. Um, I guess that's my rant, you know, it's just a continuation of ones I've had before. But with that rant, I do want to give some credit to the uh, the Orange Army here in Minnesota. Uh, I felt like, for the most part, everybody did a pretty good job. I didn't hear of any accidents yet. Um, we're being safe. We're shooting some deer. I think this weekend's going to be really busy. Um, we got some, finally got some weather coming in late this week. So I think the, the people that are going to go out are going to experience some success. Uh, hopefully I could find a couple hours to slip out myself. So 
with that, uh, that's it. That's all I got for you. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. Uh, don't forget to uh, share it, uh, rate it, review it. Every episode, you got to go ahead and click five stars. If you enjoyed if you're this far listening to my voice right now, you enjoyed it at least enough <laughs> that you didn't change it or shut it off. So do me a favor and go ahead and click that far right star on uh, Apple Podcast. Uh, give me a five-star rating. Review it. I'd love to hear you know, what you think. And uh, as far as if you're listening on another platform, I don't know what everything is. But if you're not following me, click used to be subscribe. But now I think everyone, I think all platforms now call it following. Um, so go ahead and follow. I would uh, greatly, greatly appreciate that. So as always, I'll leave you with this. Whatever your passion, pursue it full scale.